0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Free and available where you awesome people get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Rockado. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's episode, oh yeah, we got a game to prepare for tonight as Michigan State hits the road to take on those Nittany Lions over in Happy Valley. I keep answering your awesome mailbag questions, and also, oh yeah, that's right, we're bringing back the Game Game in Segment 3. Let's go.
1: You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Spartan fans, you just absolutely sensational people, how on earth are you doing today? Uh, hopefully your feet and ankles are doing better than mine as I just wrapped up a day at the most magical, well, okay, second most magical place in the entire world, that's right, full day at Magic Kingdom in Disney World. Uh, Of course, as you guys already know, the first magical place in the entire world is uh, East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, that's right, the old 517. I'm not gonna just act like that's not where the magic truly happens in this continent, but yeah, so here we are. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, my life. I guess. Hope uh, your your week is off to a sensational start as well. And uh, you know, hey, hopefully this this podcast can help too. Uh, Michigan State taking on Penn State tonight. Uh, we'll we'll of course get into that game and talk about why I, why play this. Uh, there's there's no upside for Michigan State in this game, but we'll get to that in just a hot second. Uh, just have to ask you politely to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And also, if you have any questions, uh, like, hey, a lot of you awesome listeners have sent in questions that we will get to in segment two here, spartans at gmail.com is the place to send those questions. All right, so why am I saying that I'm not even looking forward to the game tonight? Well, it's it's as simple as this. What's the upside in this game? Like, okay, Michigan State beats... A 9-12 Penn State team, a team that's 4-9 in conference play. Whoop-de-doo, awesome. Okay, good on you. That's, that's, a, that's a Q2 win as uh, Penn State is barely just rated inside the top 100 for net rankings. If you lose this game, okay, you're probably going to fall a seed line. It doesn't really look too great that you're losing to a bad Penn State team and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, it's these games pop up on the schedule time to time every single year for Michigan State. And, well, because Michigan State's a very good program. Yeah, they're usually at the top, and for top teams in the conference, uh, hitting the road to play a lowly Big Ten team that's like sneaky kind of okay, oh boy, that that always has me losing sleep the, the night before. So let's get to learn a little bit about Penn State, and you know, we don't have to dive too deep into it because okay, we've already played Penn State this year. Uh, you got to go way back though, December 11th, which might as well be 18 months ago. At this point, uh, Michigan State beat them 80-64. to 64. Spartans used a really good run at the end of the first half to kind of slam the door on Penn State. Second half was tight. MSU outscored them just by three points in the whole second half. But point blank, like, Michigan State is a better team than Penn State. And especially on the track record that Penn State has of late. Uh, in their last seven games, yes, the, the Nittany Lions have lost six of them. However, three of those six losses were within two possessions, so it's not like they're getting their skulls beat in every single game that they're out on the court. And really, it, this is also just the quintessential Penn State team, right? Even going back to the uh, the Pat Chambers days, I know he's not there anymore, but you, you just think Penn State basketball, you think like, okay, probably a team that just hums around 500, if not a little under 500. But a team that's always athletic and just pesky on defense. Like, if they win a game, it will be at a grinding pace, and they will make you work for it. Well, yeah, here we are again with another Penn State team that does that. On offense, they are anything to write home about. But before we get to that, let's just talk about what they do good. And that is, well, yeah, just what I was talking about. The the defense. They have the third best team in conference play at holding opponents to low points per game. Uh, I know I worded that really weirdly. Basically, hey, Penn State averages uh, their opponents sixty five point nine points per game. That's the third lowest in conference play, sixty first nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency. So yeah, and they, they've got a little bit of range uh, on their starting lineup. Um, they don't really boast like insane height, especially in the post. Uh, John Harar, their top guy, is just only six foot nine, but. Okay, as, as we know, if you do watch these MSU-Penn State games, you know that John Herrera is a, he, he plays well, and especially against Michigan State, too. So let, let's get into what this Penn State team really doesn't do too great, though, uh, before getting into the individual players of the Nittany Lions. Uh, they, they are, oh boy, the, the lowest uh, scoring team in Big Ten play. They, they really do not like scoring the basketball. And, of course, when you're not good at uh, scoring, you're probably not too good at shooting. Uh, yeah, They are the fourth-worst Big Ten team at three-point percentage, shooting it at an ice-cold 33%, knock on wood. Um, and Seth Lundy, Miles Dredd, and Sam Sessoms are the only three players that shoot above 36% from three on the season. And as a whole, they shoot the third-worst field field goal percentage in conference play, at 43%. Uh, they're average at free throw shooting. like They're in the mid to upper 70s and that. And also, um, this is my favorite stat right now. Uh, hey, listen, I, I come on this podcast five days a week, and uh, more times than not, I'm barking about Michigan State being terrible at turning the ball over, never holding on to the ball. And yeah, there's some credence to that. They're, they're the second worst team in Big Ten play at turnover margin. Well, would you have a guess as to who is the only team below them? Yeah, that would be the Penn State Nittany Basketball Lions. They are the only team worse at Michigan State in turnover margin. So, yeah, uh, this this ball's going to look like a, a greased pig uh, coming up tonight, potentially. So, Penn State, um, again, like, yeah, they're a 9-12 team, but they're not all bad. Uh, they got four players averaging double figures. And we're going to start off with Seth Lundy, uh, just coming off 18 points in the last matchup here between Michigan State and Penn State. Uh, on the season as a whole, uh, this 6'6 six six forward, 13 points a game, 5.5 rebounds per game. Shoots it decently from 3 at 36%. Uh, John Harrar, as you already know, I feel like this guy's a walking double-double, especially when he plays Michigan State. Uh, he got 16 points last time against Michigan State, and on the season he's almost averaging 10 points and 10 rebounds per game. He's just a, a tick below ten rebounds. I think he's at nine point six. Uh, Sam Sesums, bench player, but shoots a ton. He's a really good three-point shooter. So that's the microwave guy you gotta worry about. Six-foot senior guard Sam Sesums, and then the last guy that's averaging double figures, Jalen Pickett, six-foot-four. You know, this is a guy that thinks he's a three-point shooter, but he's really not. Like he's in the twenty percent, twentieth like percent-ish for Three point shooting, but he'll jack up, you know, four, five, six a game. So if he could do that, okay, that'd be pretty cool. But of course, with that said, he does get his points uh, in many more ways. Uh, pretty athletic guy, good slasher. So that is, uh, th- those are the four guys that you're probably going to want to circle tonight. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, I was going to say it's funny, but it's not, it's not funny at all, actually. It's actually going to keep me, um, irritated and on edge the entire day, is that Michigan State's a better team, right? I, mean, I don't think that i got to be some basketball genius to tell you that. You don't have to be some basketball connoisseur to figure that out. However, BartTorvik.com has this. As a Michigan State victory, 65-63. to So yeah, uh, it's going to be a tight spread tonight. The computers predict this to be a tight game because as the old cliche goes, it's never easy to win on the road in Big Ten play, even against a struggling Penn State team in front of a building that will maybe have 18 fans in attendance. So yeah. Uh, a game that Msu should win but yeah that's yeah, this is how the world goes especially in big Ten basketball any road game is one where any team can come up and pop you so yeah we uh, we will be drinking before this game uh, on, on this beautiful Tuesday uh all right so yeah uh, just getting out of that segment which uh, is great vibes uh right there um, all right guys we'll be all back uh, okay if I could talk correctly we will be back in a hot second hey There we go. Nailed it that time. Uh, But first, I just need to talk to beautiful people about a wonderful website. It's called BetOnline.net. Woo! That's right, gang. Football might be over for this season, and God, that's sad to read. Uh, But basketball is in full uh, full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey. It's your source for boxing. It's your source for UFC. And right up to Olympic coverage and information, head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions at BetOnline, where the game starts. just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so over the weekend, I, uh, I desperately get on my knees and I beg you for some mailbag questions, and I th- thank you all that sent some in. Uh, we've got three more that we're going to address right here, and uh, if you have any questions that you want to get off, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. Uh, we will be doing more mailbag later this week, uh, but hey, until then. Let's dive into the first question here. Hater of Big Ten Refs asks, yes, that's his name on Twitter, and I do wholly agree with that statement, too. After Izzo retires, and he puts in parentheses, not pushing for it, which of these two scenarios do you want to see take place? Scenario one, Dwayne Stevens is hired. Okay. Uh, Or scenario two, they look outside the program and get a young, hot name like Nate Oates, Drew Valentine, etc. This is a age-old topic that comes up time and time again, and not just on this podcast. Heck, this probably comes up on every MSU podcast or every uh, MSU group of friends or if you have family members that are State fans. Like This is a very, very popular hot-button issue here. And it's funny because we have no idea when Tom Izzo is going to walk away. Of course, I think it's going to be in two or three years whenever his son leaves the team. I've said that often, but then again, I've said this often too. I could also see him at the same time caution until like 2037. I have no idea what's going to happen. But when that fateful day comes, when the, God, I, I, might, I, I might just take the whole week of work off uh, just for like just bereavement because I'm a, an emotionally unstable individual and I will be uh, very sad when he leaves. Uh, what's going to happen? I think we know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be scenario one. Dwayne Stevens, a guy that's been here for 19 years, who has paid his dues. And I think that, yeah, Izzo's going to have a strong say into who the next coach should be. Now, whether he should have that say, that's a different conversation altogether. I I think he should personally, but hey, you know what? I I can see both sides of the argument here. Um, You talk about earning your dues and cutting your teeth. Uh, Staying almost two decades as an assistant uh, at a program... Th- that will do it. And also you look around the college landscape too. The beautiful state of North Carolina. Like North Carolina proper. They moved on from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. And also, okay, Coach K, his, his presider will be John Shire. Now, was that to say that's an automatic way of having things work? Absolutely not. I, look, North Carolina's not having the most sterling year. I mean, I'm not going to say that they should fire Hubert Davis. It's not like it was left in the most uh, wonderful spot to begin with when he took over the program. And then hey, okay, understandably. So the John Shire thing seems to be working out so far uh, with just recruiting what class he has coming in next year. But then again, hey, as a head coach, you got to work with those tools. So yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. But man, it's it's really hard to not be enamored with the outside hire name, right? Like Nate Oates, for example. Who I I, I really don't know how juicy of a name that's going to become coaching search time. Like yeah, that's going to be a name that's thrown out often, but. And the reason why is because, okay, yeah, he taught high school here, and he's from here. Oh, he was the coach at Romulus. He would love to come back to Michigan. It's like, outside of a few years of teaching and coaching at Romulus, like this isn't really necessarily home for him. So, like, this it wasn't like he was coaching at, like, Lansing Sexton for, like, 15 years and it's going to, like, I, I don't know. I, I think the whole Nate returning home to Michigan thing is a little bit too romanticized. But the name that I really like here is Drew Valentine. A guy that was here for a hot second as a grad assistant and a bench role with Michigan State, but he's got Loyola very quickly uh, still going in the right direction down there in Chicago. He's a young guy. The way he coaches the game, it's more like NBA-oriented, emphasis on the three-point ball, but still with that, you know, sense of Loyola defense pride that uh, carried them through some big wins the last few years, so... I would love to see Drew Valentine, also because of his youth as well. I would be really fascinated to see how he handles the whole NIL thing, the transfer portal thing, because... And maybe I'm casting too much judgment on Dwayne Stevens, but being here for 20 years, being part of the older regime that really doesn't completely embrace NIL, or that's a little iffy on the transfer portal, that kind of gives me somewhat of a pause, but... Yeah, and I... Listen, I'll give Dwayne a chance when it does happen. I'm not saying, like, oh, it's going to go horrible. It's going to go terrible. I just... I, I just am, am more, I'm like a moth to the light, and the light is just that younger coach. That, that's the outside hire, but hey, okay, we'll, we'll see how those chips fall here anytime between uh, next year or 20 years from now when Izzo finally steps away. Uh, Matt Wiggins for the next question. He asked, best road trip destination on the football in-conference road schedule? Factor in weather, game, stadium, atmosphere, number of bars, etc.? So for this one, I, I looked at uh, not just uh, road games for next year's schedule. I'm sorry, Matt, if that's how you interpreted uh, or, or meant to ask the question. I'm just going to take a look at around the conference here. And the, the top three, and this is just from experience and also just what I've heard from other people as well, namely the first one, which is Wisconsin. Uh, you got everything there, right? You've got normally a, a good program that you're going to go play. I think that's important. Like you just don't want to be tooling down to watch Champaign, Illinois, to watch Michigan State uh, bash in Illinois. Uh, you know, n- nothing fun in that. At least Wisconsin have some pageantry. They got some history behind them. And speaking of that, they also have jump around. You know, if you're like me and you're a sucker for that gimmick, you would love that. But I also hear like the bar scene there is incredible. Um, that the tailgating is a plus over there. And also every I. I you know what? Everyone's got their own experience with different fan bases. I, I've never had a bad experience with Wisconsin fans. I'm sure that some of you are scoffing and being like, what are you talking about? Because again, maybe you've had a bad experience with them, but any Wisconsin fan I've ever run by, very pleasant. And anyone that has taken a road trip for a uh, football game down there, I've taken a road trip for a basketball game. It's not a football game. Uh, they say that the whole tailgating atmosphere is great and because of the Badger nation. like They're just very hospitable, if you will. Uh, number two... Which is actually going to be a road game this upcoming season for Michigan State. Is I, I hear wonderful things about Penn State as well, especially the bar scene there. Uh, Got to go to a wideout. like That's just amazing tradition. Yeah, that's going to be really tough enemy territory to go into. Like It's, what, 108,000 uh, Nittany Lions fans, and you're just kind of, Hey guys, I'm just here for Michigan State because they really sell out their stadium well. They're a great fan base. I think that would be awesome to go to. And I'm really going to go... Off the cuff here at number three, and this this is going to be a hot take. I'm, I'm certifying this as a hot take right here. I I, I really enjoyed going to Northwestern. I gotta say, I, I was lucky enough, very fortunate enough to go to the game last year, and it's just different. Like yeah, it looks like a high school field, but there's something nice about like that's that intimate setting. Like it's very small. You're almost on the field if you get good enough seats. And if they just took away, like, that Wildcat roar that they play every 13 seconds, seemingly, like, that that was a really cool way to take in a college football game. Like, not every college football game has to be in this massive stadium, with the loudest crowd in the world, like... That was, that was pretty neat to go to. And also, like, yeah, Evanston, solid, solid enough bar scene. And also... Kind of helps that Northwestern fans aren't like the most rabid fan base, so finding a spot at a bar, not the hardest thing in the world before a game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to shout out Northwestern here and say that if you can, try to get to that road game as well. Also, the cherry on top of that, a lot of Spartans are in Chicago, so it's almost like a neutral field setting when you're settling in for that game there at Ryan Field. Uh, the last question, very short question, love this one from the MSU dude. People dressing in costumes. That go to games. Yay or nay? Okay, you're asking someone that dressed up like a banana in the is zone for his first year and a half. Uh, what I think about costumes going to games. I think students, like, that's in bounds. That's fine. Um, if you're graduated and, you know, just an adult and, like, you're, you're painting your face, painting your body, wearing a costume, like, I, I don't necessarily go with that vibe. Like, hey, but... Do your own thing. I I think it's a little too much, but then again, uh, listen to who's telling you this. Uh, I run a college sports podcast where I talk about the same team five days a week. So, yeah, who am I to say that anyone is a little over the top in their fandom? Uh, That You talk about throwing stones in a glass house. Yeah, I'm in no position to judge how how anyone wants to dress for a game to go watch their college team. So, yeah, that's... uh, my take on that right there. All right, guys. We're going to be bring back an oldie but of goodie, a fan favorite, the game game, in a hot segment. But first, I need to talk to you beautiful people about Rock Auto. That's right, guys. And gals. Sorry. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless uh, or seemingly intimidating questioning like... Oh, does your Yukon need a skibble blabber? Uh, I don't, I have no idea if that's a car part or not. I'm terrible with cars. I'm not a good person with cars, but you know who is great people and awesome car people? (laughs) That's right, the awesome folks at rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% for the same part from a chain store or car dealership? You would only do it if you were a giant circus clown. Here here they have everything you need brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpets and what gas pedals uh so we encourage you that's right uh, to visit the wonderful website of rockauto.com go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their hey how'd you hear about us, box so they know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, you, you could probably hear it in the distance. It is the, the rumbling of the game, game. Now, if you are a first-time listener to this podcast, uh, hey, thanks for giving us a shot. I really do appreciate you. I hope this hasn't gone too horrible for you. I, then again, you made it to the third segment, so it eh, can't be that bad. If you are familiar with this game, well, okay, bear with me. I'm just going to go through the rules really quick. I got 15 vague clues here. That's describing a Michigan State game from the last 10 years. It's football or it's basketball. You'll find out with these clues in a little bit. When you feel like you know the game, just tell yourself, all right, uh, stop. I stopped on question six. Okay, so stop. And then I'll announce what the game was at the end. and You can see how good you did. Banter about it on Twitter. People love doing that. Hit me up, uh, Shehan underscore sports, if you want to flex about your score. Because uh, some people are really good at this game, too. So, let's get it poppin'. Oh, and also, the clues go from vague to more specific as we go on. Like so. Clue number one. On this same day, Pope Francis made his first visit to Northern Africa, visiting Morocco. That's right. How well do you know uh, your Pope history? Because this could help you with the time of year and differentiate what sport it is. On this same day, Pope Francis made his first visit to Northern Africa, visiting Morocco. Okay. Clue number two, this was a postseason game for MSU. Okay, was it a conference championship, a bowl game, a Final Four game, a March Madness game? Who's to say? Stay tuned. Clue number two, this was a post-season game for MSU. Number three, another short clue, MSU never trailed this game. Clue number three, MSU never trailed this game. Number four, the leader on MSU's opponent's team was taken in the second round of his draft that year. Clue number four, the leader of MSU's opponent's team was taken in the second round of his draft that year. Number five, one MSU star of this game is still on the team today. Clue number five, one MSU star of this game is still on the team today. Number six, clue number six, about five months later, MSU's opponent's school was about to start a national title season in a different sport. About five months later than this game, MSU's opponent's school was about to start a national title season in a different sport. Number seven, the final four that took place in this tournament held four teams from four different conferences. Okay, so hopefully you know what sport I'm talking about right now. The final four that took place in this tournament held four teams from four different conferences. Clue number eight, MSU scored ten points before three minutes of game time ran off the clock. Clue number eight, MSU scored 10 minutes before three minutes of game time ran off the clock. Clue number nine, after MSU's game in the same arena, the tournament favorites narrowly avoided an upset thanks to a missed last-second layup attempt by the other team. Right, Clue number nine, right after MSU's game in the very same arena, the tournament favorites narrowly avoided an upset thanks to a missed last-second layup attempt by the other team. Clue number 10. This was the second game in a row MSU held a double-digit lead in halftime of the NCAA tournament. Clue number 10. This was the second game in a row MSU held a double-digit lead in halftime of the NCAA tournament. Clue number 11. This was Gabe Brown's first double-digit scoring game against a Power 5 opponent in his career. Clue number 11. This was Gabe Brown's first double-digit scoring game against a Power 5 opponent. That's right. Clue number 12, their opponent's head coach was suspended just weeks before this matchup. Clue number 12, their opponent's head coach was suspended just weeks before this matchup. Shout out to the FBI. Uh, Clue number 13, 12 days earlier, MSU won the Big Ten tournament title over Michigan. Clue number 13, 12 days earlier, MSU won the Big Ten tournament title over Michigan. Clue number 14, the leading scorer for MSU this game has played six games for James Harden's newest team this year. Clue number 14, the leading scorer for MSU this game. Has played six games for James James Harden's newest team this year. And then clue number 15, last and for all, MSU was headed to Minneapolis the weekend after this game. Clue number 15, MSU was headed to Minneapolis the weekend after this game. You put that all together, the suspended coach because Will Wade was on the FBI wiretap. Gabe Brown, of course, blitzed those LSU Tigers. And the following weekend... MSU headed Minneapolis because they reached the Final Four after beating Duke, but before that, the answer for this game game is the 2019 Sweet 16 game against the LSU Tigers. That is right, folks. Never trailed that game. They held Tremont Waters, who was drafted in the second round, uh, at bay. They kept him under check. And... Uh, just a sensational, sensational start to this game. Just mm, blitzed them right off the bat. So thank you for playing another edition of the Game Game. And also, thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen. Every single day. We will be back tomorrow bantering about the MSU-Penn State game. If you have more mailbag questions, send them on over. Lockedonspartans at gmail.com. We will be right back, guys. You guys are the best. So thank you so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen. Every single day. Now go make Lockdown Bets your Second, listen, that's right, Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available where you get your podcast. All right, gang. All right, let's have a fun time tonight watching the game. Love you all. Go Green.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.